what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins get a win versus the Houston Texans, but have a big loss in the offensive line. The Heat go three and one since we last record. The Panthers find a way to go one and one over the holiday break. And Joel and I break down BKFC 34. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, man. Make sure you guys are following us on social media. Check us out at Sports with Soso and make sure to help us get to that 500 subscribers on YouTube. Click the button right now. Hit a like button on our latest video and drop a comment. Joel, my beautiful, brother. Beautiful. What, how you doing Love today? the plugs. Love the plugs. We got to change things up every now, once in a while. We, gotta, God, we stay stagnant. You know what I mean? Like my man Diddy would say, remix that's it that's it that's all you you know that guy made a living so off of hitting you, the remix that make you biggie and i'm puff i guess or we you do that you want to be puff no nah, i'm cool i mean sheesh uh yeah i guess i'll be biggie. <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll be biggie man. Oh, man no problem you know um bro it's it's actually been an eventful weekend right and a lot going on in sports a lot going on with our local teams and then obviously a, a lot going on on the worldwide stage you oh, know yeah. and um it's just good for us to get into it and like get a chance to break everything down individually I, I, that's I, why we do this week in and week out dog. for sure for the exact that exact reason but we've even taken it a notch higher we've been doing a little bit of testing with having our individual segments being put on youtube so if you like to listen to the podcast but maybe you just want to skip to the panthers or just focus on whatever's happening with the heat right now you can go to our youtube channel and you'll see all of the different segments based on whatever sport you want to watch so if you want to watch the dolphins heat panthers we're going to have it down broken down individually for the each episode moving forward you're going to get the podcast every week you know wherever you're listening to on on apple spotify google whatever and then you're going to get the individual clips like so mentioned on youtube if you've already seen some of them you already know what to expect but we want to try to get you guys uh more you know we know some people prefer the youtube uh, platform versus listening. They want to see us. I don't know why they would want to see us. I but mean, I don't even got a cut, dog. Like, <laughs> tell me about it, dog. You know? I'm pretty. I'm right there with you. But we got the videos, and we got videos rolling out right now, dog. You've we, been pumping them out, kid. I've been putting in that work, man. We have a lot of events happening. Um, BKFC 34 is happening this Saturday at mm-hmm. the Hard Rock. Uh, we will y- be in attendance. We will be in attendance, man, and we'll be at the weigh-ins as well. Um, and you've been doing a lot of uh, pre-fight homework. So to speak, absolutely. With all man. the interviews you're, you're getting with all the fighters from this card, man, it's I mean, been unbelievable. I think, I think it was only right for us to do that due diligence and really have the time to prepare for this event, right? Like we didn't do it the first time we went out there for BKFC, but now we get a chance to do it correctly. And you're right, I did get a chance to sit down with the four headliners of the card. Uh, we're talking about Luis Palomino, uh, aka the Bamboo. He's taking on Tom, the gentleman of violence, Shoff, and then our boy Francesco Ricky. Um, I'm it. always Killing his name, but I got it. It's Ricky. Frank. Frank Ricky. My man, um, he's putting his, two first names. Yes, sir. He's putting his uh, belt on the line, his middleweight belt on the line against Dave uh, Redneck Mundell, who's coming down from the light heavyweight division. So the, this card is going to be exciting, man. And I, I, I was really blessed with the opportunity to talk all four of those guys. So make sure to check out those four interviews dropping on YouTube and uh, hit a, hit that like button, man. Drop a comment. Let these guys yeah. know that, oh my God. that you appreciate what it is that they put in uh, when they do what they do when they put on a show. You have no idea. What that one little thing, that easy, free thing that you can do by hitting the subscribe button and hitting the like button, what that does for us. I mean, I'll go you know, with just, it, it helps. It helps. You know, you want to support local businesses, support local talent, local uh, creators. Just hit the like, comment, follow, subscribe, all that stuff. That's why we keep saying it. We're going to sure. keep saying it on the road to 500. Yeah, man. And beyond. That's that's the goal right now. You know, we're on the road to 500. You know, we got a good little following. We had 206, 205. I mean, and you didn't have to put an exact number on it. But I'm hey. just saying, like. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, we've grown, man. We've grown. We've grown. And we've only had that YouTube page up really with the amount of content that we've been putting on there for only a couple of months, maybe. 
two, three months. So yeah, man, we like the direction it's going in and um, all the content that you guys are seeing on there is definitely worthwhile. So make sure to check that out. Um, and including OnlyFans. You know, we had OnlyFans on Sunday night. Every drop. time I tell people I'm recording an OnlyFans, <laughs> they like, they, they, they double take. Dog. We like, need that sponsorship already, dog. Like, wait, hit us up. Wait, you got it. They're like, you got an OnlyFans? I'm like, it's not like that. It's with a PH. It's a Dolphins <laughs> post game show where we go in after the Dolphins game and we break down the game. Imagine me trying to explain the name of the show to my mom because obviously, you know, she wants to see and she subscribed to the but channel. Does, she re- does your mom know what OnlyFans, no the real OnlyFans is? No idea. So it, it was just like nice to explain it to her without know, her knowing what it's really, you know, I don't want to say coming from, but like what was the inspiration behind it? Solamente los fanáticos. Solamente los fanáticos de los Dolphins, <laughs> de los right? Dolphins. Solamente los fanáticos de los Dolphins. And, you know, we're definitely bought into this season. Um, it's going way better than expected and eight and three baby. eight and three you know and we get a, an important victory against houston must for, have it, it, at this point every game is important to win because it's a matter of staying where we're at keeping the pace and where would that be so where are we currently currently number two in the entire afc and hmm. more importantly still leading the afc east division oh wow <clears throat> over the buffalo bills correct and the new york jets right yeah, i could have i could have told you that but the bills man come on yeah, they're that's, struggling. That's that's not what we foresaw this year. What we saw is like, hey, we need to catch up to the Bills. We need yeah. to be like right behind them, one game behind, pushing them for for the division so that we can get into that wild card spot with no problem. And then the way that things have turned out this season, um, it's really been explosive for this Dolphins team. And now we find ourselves in in the position where we're the hunted, not the hunters. Sure. Which is wild. It's wild, dog. The only team we're really looking at and saying, yeah, they're clearly ahead of us. Is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and that's because they have an amazing quarterback, right? They have probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, well, you could argue Tua might be the best quarterback on paper if you consider the three games he missed and what he's done in the games that he has played and what he potentially could have done in the three games that he did miss. You know, you can make an argument for Tua, bro. You know, you know me, the delusional Dolphins sure. coming in, <laughs> coming in hot. No, you can definitely make an argument for this year. The only difference is that you're talking about historically. When, when, when you look years, at the Super Bowl winning the, quarterback, no, nah, not Patrick even that. Mahomes. Just you look at the resume, you're like, yeah, this guy has accomplished a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And 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 tools on his way, especially yeah, showing yeah. that this year. Um, they they go out and get an important victory. You know, uh, all things considered, right? We're playing a Houston team who's one and eight. They're struggling. They switch quarterbacks, and we didn't know what to expect, but we went out there and dominated them in the first half. Everything that we've wanted to see from this team was on point. Special teams. Had a defensive it. touchdown. I had, called that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Defensive touchdown. Had two turnovers in the first half, right? Uh, the, including one defensive touchdown. Uh, two field goals made by Jason Sanders w- over 40 yards. Important for, to see him get him uh, you know, back into that rhythm. Yep. And we even got a touchdown from our main man, Tua. And a touchdown to Jeff Wilson in a, a rushing touchdown. So, yeah. like, everything. A little bit of everything. We everything, got was, everything was clicking. Complete performance. And then one thing happened that changed the whole entire game. Right before the half. Five minutes left or something like that, right? Correct. Four or five minutes left in the first half. Yeah, man. Right before the half, we lose our guy, bro. And we lose uh, Ter- uh, Teron Armstead to a pictorial injury. We don't know the severity or the extent. What I've been seeing if in the Twitter sphere miss- is that it's a strain, not a tear, which is ideal. Would be, I mean, ideally, he yeah. doesn't get hurt at all, right? Come on. But, like, if you're going to have to, you know, the lesser of two evils, right? You don't. If he's torn, he's out for the season. Yeah. But if it's a strain, he could be, I don't, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm thinking something like that. Two to four weeks. You know? I mean, everything that I heard was was four weeks minimum, three weeks minimum, and that and that also depends on how much can he withstand the pain as well, right? Because that shit's still gonna hurt uh, five just, weeks later. Whether you take a shot or not, bro. Dog. Hey, dog, you could take the shot a million times. You're still gonna feel that shit when another human being who's not hurt going to break, trying to break your arm is going in there full speed. Yeah, nah, You're gonna nah, feel nah. that. We, we want we want him to be healthy above all, anyway. So you know we, we don't want to risk him. Um, but it, it doesn't bode well considering the, the the upcoming schedule that we have. And I know we'll get into that. But before we do, I just wanted to shout you out. Yes, sir. You you, you had the score for this game at thirty one to ten. Yes, sir. The final score was 30 to 15. And, it, and you know, realistically, realistically, it could have been th- uh, that 10 because we gave up one, one t- two touchdowns. And I was like, yo, one of them, whatever. But the second one was like, all right, they earned right. it. They earned their touchdown. 
But going back now to my prediction, Oof. I had 45 to 9. Just off a little bit. But in my defense, this is where I got to defend myself here. We put up 30, dog, in the we first did. half. We did. We were, if, if Toronto doesn't go out and Tua stays in the game, we, we potentially go up another another score. Maybe we pull them then. And, but, you know, if Toronto's still in the game, it can change things for Skylar Thompson. For sure. You know, coming in. Uh, I, I think that we still – and we maybe their defense doesn't give up that, you know, those two touchdowns in the second half or whatever. I don't know, man. I think it could have very well been possible that 45 to 9 wasn't too far out. But I wanted to shout you out, 31 to 10 Appreciate was your prediction. It. You weren't too far off. 30 to 15 was the final score. I told you we're going to stop keep, – we're going to start keeping them now. But you asked me. You asked me, where are you getting all these extra points from? I said, dude, we're going to get a defensive touchdown. Yeah. That was one of the things, and we did that because against the Texans D, you know, you're always talking about we got to win the the turnover differential. Have to. And we absolutely do, but with a team like the Texans, like, all right, we absolutely have to. They don't have a great quarterback. They have a good running back, but their O-line sucks. They're undercoached. Like, we got to be able to get a pick or a fumble or something, and we did both. No, for sure. And look, um, you five turnovers on the day. That's a great defensive performance, you know, and that's and that's kind of like what, what I've wanted to see from the defense because we know that their talent is there. Granted, we're dealing with injuries or have been dealing with injuries on the defensive side, but it shouldn't matter, you know. There's enough guys there that that are good enough to make plays. At least, I, I take that back. There are guys there on this defense right now who are way better than good enough. That are excellent. That are probably Pro Bowl players. But they need to continue to play at a high level or at the highest level in order to make it easier for the guys who aren't at a Pro Bowl level, who are just trying to do the best they can because they're the fifth string guy, fourth string guy, sixth string guy. You know what I mean? Which is not fair to those guys as well, right? No, absolutely not. But I'm not even anywhere near concerned with that defense. The defense and Boyer, I mean, there's been times... There's been times where we've been like, man, what's going on here? But overall, they, they, they do make the plays when we need them to. What I'm more concerned with is, obviously, Armstead, we just talked about it, for possibly sure. out two or four weeks. But we get Austin Jackson back for this game, and yep. he goes out in this game. With the same type of injury, high ankle sprain. Scary, dog. Because now it's like, all right, we're, we're down two of our O-linemen, our starting O-linemen. Our, one of them is our main one that we have said elevates the rest of the offensive line by doing his assignment properly. And now we got three tough road games papa yeah uh talk to me for me like it's it's it is troubling to see the defense give up 15 points to houston right because they could have gave up more the way that houston the way that we relaxed and houston was able to take advantage of that we have to know right or we have to be that type of defense that doesn't take their foot off the pedal because we can't afford it right it's not like we have everybody fully healthy where we want them to be I just saw that, like, if you if you notice before the game, like, there are six guys missing on defense that are main contributors. Byron Jones, example number one. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I that shit, him. and that shit kills us because we definitely need him. Right? It's it's a lot easier to to stay playing man the whole game if your guys can handle it. And we know that X can handle it. We know that Jones can handle it. We know that Holland can even handle it yeah. being back there as a safety. Right? Yeah. But my all right. So I get what you're saying as far as letting up those points to them, but it's it's all relative because we got to think about what led to that. And what led to that was the fact that we didn't necessarily take our foot off the pedal, but we lost our starting offensive tackle, and then Tua got hit a few times, and it was not necessary. We don't need to do that when we're trying to battle for the rest of the season. We're up 30 points already, so we pull them out. Then the Texans end up scoring. They gain a little bit of momentum. Skyler Thompson in there is flustered. He can't gain any rhythm. The defense back out there again. We had a couple of three and outs. Yeah. So when they don't get that break, I mean, it's it's a it's a numbers game. It's going to happen. However, if Tua and Armstead complete that game, I don't think they score a single point, man. I think Tua dominates the clock with the offense, and then the defense is out there fresh every single possession and is able to shut them down. That may be, dog. That may be. And it's, and it's 100%. You know, based on facts, right? Because we saw the level of play drop significantly, right? Entirely on the team when when Armstead went down. It, it's almost like we came out of out of the halftime and we were just flat. And Houston had all of the energy and all of the momentum on their side. But it does worry me a little bit because that's a team that's struggling offensively. A, a quarterback that's just making his first start and like, you know what I mean? Like just the things that you should be taking advantage of, right? A, a five turnover day should should include a shutout or three points, six we points. We won by double digits, so? We won by double digits against the worst team in the NFL. 
a team that was one and eight. That's what you, at the end of the day, now, that's. I get it, but look. That's but, what we were supposed to do, and we did that. We I understand that, but when the same thing. Here's, here. you know what was in, in more impressive as far as the defense? When, when we held the Patriots to seven points. That's been the only time that we've had a team under 10 points. The other game, the other time was um, against the Steelers, right? And I don't think that was the game that Tua played. No, that was the team that the game that Tua came back and the defense played great. But other than that, it's always been more than 10 points. We're, we're the bend but don't break defense. And I feel like if we're going to make a serious playoff run, we can't be the bend but don't break defense because eventually we will break. And then we're going to find ourselves in a shootout. And as much as, as much as we love our offense and we have trust and confidence in our offense, we don't know what it'll look like in the playoffs because we haven't seen it before. So this will be the first time expecting the same offense to continue to work. Now, to your point, if, if Armstead misses four or five weeks, how does the offense look then? What type of momentum do they have going into the playoffs or for the rest of the season? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, on paper, these these games look easy, right? Uh, 49ers barely getting by and winning games. Uh, Chargers seem to be struggling, but find ways to win games. Bills are a scary-ass game. They're a division of rival. And then we got the Packers game. Scary as hell facing Aaron Rodgers. And, and they've made it tough for other teams. But they look like they're struggling. Patriots game, that's always a toss-up. And then we end the season with the Jets. It's going to be hard to gain momentum if this dude's not there on the offense. So I want the defense to get back to the level that it was at last year where it was like, yo, we're pitching shutouts. And even if we're not pitching shutouts, you're not getting more than 10 points. It's a touchdown and a fucking 55-yard field goal that you made. Everything else, we're forcing punts. We're forcing punts. And we're giving more opportunities to the offense to make something happen, right? Because they're going to need more opportunities, especially if this dude is out. That shit is is a is a bad injury, you know what I mean? Terrible. Like, and 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 look for for everything that people were saying about Armstead. Oh, this guy's got injury prone and shit like that. He has had not one foot injury, and that was the major thing. Oh, turf his toe, his toe, and all that shit. What I say about the grass? Zero issues with the grass. Zero issues with his knees. Guy's been ready to go. The only issues has been from the waist up. So, I feel like he's he's. He's definitely earned his pay this year. He's definitely balling, and, and that 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 injury concerns me, bro, way more than Austin Jackson. Bro. Yeah, of course. Way more than Austin of Jackson course. and anything else on defense. You know what I mean? But the, you got to point out the positives as well. It can't be all negative. We're the only team in the NFL right now with a five-game winning streak. Holla. You know, and, and it's crazy that it's been ever since Tua came back. So who knows what our record would have looked like in those three games had he been in there. Possibly undefeated. <laughs> I said it. I'll say it again. But it wouldn't be crazy to be nine and two, right? It wouldn't be crazy to be ten and one. It would be crazy if we were. I mean, no. Though. If you look at the those, we were the, the games, it'd be kind of crazy. But like, look at the shit. games. Come the on, Bengals. Dog. We could have come, come on, them. dog. Yeah, I get it. If for there us. were eleven games, we were eleven and zero. Would no, that no, not be crazy? Ten and shit? one. Even ten and one is like, oh shit. Even ten like, and one would be wild. Make plans for the Super Bowl. Ten and one, dog. Eight and three, dog. Like eight and three. When's the last time? Great. It's great, but we can't get we can't get too ahead uh, of ourselves. Ahead of ourselves, yeah. we have to take it week by week. And this week coming up is not going to be. Easy. I think they recognize that though. So mm. I think uh, if if Armstead is out and we need to adjust, I think the number one thing that McDaniel's and Tua adjust to is get the ball out of his hand quicker. Yeah. Why? Because I'm not going to sit here and go run the ball because we've been asking for that for twelve you know twelve weeks, eleven games of ours. And we, we, we've gotten it, you know, here and there. It's We've had a successful run game whenever we use it, but we're, it's not like our, our, our backbone, right? It's not like our mainstay. Sure. And I don't think that's going to happen. So they're going to get the ball out. Okay, we need to get the ball out of Tua's hands a lot quicker Quickly. than we, we have all season because he's not going to have that time. And, you know, even though we've seen him kind of, you know, see, get that pressure and kind of assess it and go through his reads and be able to kind of step around the pocket and make a move, when Armstead wasn't there to to block, you know, the main guys or do his part, it just completely collapsed all the way. It was a domino effect. And instead of having one guy in his face, he would have three guys. For sure. And that's what we can't Scary. have. Because if he takes a couple hits, that, that game can get ugly quick. I mean, even in the three and out, I mentioned it on OnlyFans, right? Where I was like, my ocean moment of the game was when Tua had that awkward landing when he got when he got sacked in the first half. And I was like, oh, shit, get, the, get up. And then he you got, better get up. And then he got sacked a few times in a row in the second half to start the second half. So that was like, that's unnecessary considering what's happened already this season. But but it, it is important to, to find some type of rhythm in the running game, bro. 
uh, 13 carries for Wilson, uh, another six for Miles Gaskin for, for some reason. Well, because Raheem Mostert was out. Yeah, so Mostert got hurt. Back, a running back. And then that, which, which gave those guys a Gaskin total. actually looked pretty good. 56 yards, a total of 56 yards yeah. between those two. Not enough. Don't, we don't use the run game. And we have, we have backs when Mostert is healthy. You know, that Jeff Olsen, Raheem Mostert, one, two is nice. And, and, and it's it, interesting now that we have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Olsen. And we have Mike McDaniels. Back. And we're going to San Fran. And look, you know, the Niners are scary, bro. They're 4-1 at home now. That's a team that, you know, finds ways to win ugly. And they have they a have defense talent. that pitches shutouts sometimes or would only give up three points or only 10 points. You know what I mean? Like that team in itself is a, is a very formidable, formidable team because of the defense. Now, offensively they're, they're struggling, right? Jimmy G is not that guy. You know what I mean? Like they're struggling, but look in their last uh, four games, they've given up 14 points, 16 points, 10 points, zero points. And they've all been won. Uh, they've all been wins for them. So yeah, you know, like that's that's what the 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 Niners stand on. They stand on defense, and being at home, um, it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be their, you know, their fourth straight game at home. Uh, not necessarily the best matchup for the Dolphins heading into nah. this with with our main offensive stud right on the O line being out. It's, it's just gonna be big. And I'm wondering what's the condition of Tyreek Hill, right? Because he came out of the game with cramps and stuff like that. And granted, the game was already done, so there was no need to to throw him back in there. But I want I want this team to be healthy. Kind of kind of crazy that we had a little bit of injuries happen off of a bye week, you know, where we were playing consistently and guys were able to get through it with with unscathed. Let's say now, not so much. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Because uh, you know, I'm you know we got to. I'm going to say we're going to win, but For sure. You know, I feel like this is a game that, you know, we could very easily go in and lose like 28 to 13 or something like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising, right? If 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 we talk about it, like how good is the defense going to be for the Niners? Well, they've been playing great. I just I just mentioned the, the amount of points they've allowed, right? Offensively, they have, a, I mean, an arsenal. You got Christian McCaffrey at running back. You got Debo Samuel and, and, and IU. And you have George Kittle as your tight end. And you have that defense. I mean, it's like... but. It's a pretty good team. For sure. But on the offensive side, on the defensive side of that for us, we have guys who can match up well with those guys, right? We have plenty of guys who can force G into, Jimmy G into turnovers and bad mistakes and bad throws. And then more importantly, we have guys who are going to be in that backfield that can cover. You know what I mean? Uh, We have Howard, Holland. They've been doing a great job back there. Uh, Kehu has been really improving this year. Keon Crossing has been impressing in in moments. So The coaching battle is going to be interesting as well. That's going to be very interesting. And I feel like who's going to dominate the running game? That's the key to the game for me, dog. And I feel like... I think it's going to be them. They have one of the best old linemen in the game. He's healthy. McCaffrey's healthy. Yeah. They're going to dominate the running game. We don't run the ball like... But you know what? I feel like it's it, McDaniel knowing all of that. I have a feeling that he's going to use that to his advantage. And he's going to put us in a position where we're able to focus on the run and really just go after it. Right. That's why I have the Dolphins winning 21 to 12. I have them winning because I got a feeling that McDaniel is going to realize, all right, I don't have Armstead. So they're probably going to bring that pressure from that side. If I can run into it or throw screens into that, then I'll probably have the advantage at some point. If not, I can always run away and use my quarterback who can throw on either side to get away from that pressure and complete throws. So that's why I feel like the offensive matchup, the McDaniel has the advantage because, you know, basically our offense has looked looked way better than the offense that the 49ers have. And it's not a diss on the talent that they have. You mentioned it. Debo's a beast. Uh, Ayuk's a beast. Um, Now they got McCaffrey. He's tearing it up. Uh, The backup running back. What's the dude's name? Um, It escapes me right now. Mitchell. 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 He's been killing it. Elijah Mitchell been killing it. Um, The only question mark for the 49ers is Jimmy G, you know. And I feel like he's not that great, number one. And number two, the Dolphins can really throw a lot of different mixes to bring pressure. We're going to blitz the hell out of this guy and, and hope that he makes mistakes. I got the game 21 to 12. I like it. I, Dolphins like, your, win. I like your prediction. I'm going to say the Dolphins win this one 24 to 20. Mm, interesting. 24 to 20. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I don't got these guys scoring that many points, man. I don't know why, dog. Like, I... I you know, respect to the Niners because they're a good team. Like I said, they've won four in a row and they've looked impressive in the four games that they have won recently. 
Uh, but they've also played teams that are kind of like whatever, right? Like they beat the Rams, who are definitely playing at a subpar level. They beat the Chargers, who have, like I like I was explaining earlier, that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, right? One week they look amazing. The other week they're barely winning a game. And then they beat the Cardinals, which is one, uh, an impressive win. But I don't think they had Kyle Murray playing then. And then they just beat a terrible team in the Saints, 13-zip. And they look like they could barely move on offense. The game was 13 to zero, a real NFL game, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if the, if the Niners have enough offensively to match up with what we can do. We'll see. We'll probably hit big plays. It's not like we're going to dominate these guys offensively, but we'll just have that explosiveness where Tyreek's been a little quiet. Tyreek's been a little quiet. He's due. Uh, Jalen Waddles due. Like, let's see. Let's see what happens, man. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's let's flip on over to a team that's actually been impressing a little bit as of late. Looking like old self. Not yet, but getting to that that dog in them, right? Finding ways to win, not necessarily trying to win pretty. And that's our Miami Heat, man. They've improved to 10 and 11 since we've last, you know, spoken about them on the podcast. And one, one um, game behind 500. Last time we were what, three games behind 500? Yeah, man. And and look, they 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 ripped off a 3 and 1 you know, record in the last four games, which is things that we were talking about that will help this team achieve what they think they can achieve, a top four spot, top five spot, and put yourself in a good position for the playoffs, right? But you got to be able to win consistently. And they got, they, you know, even though they lost that night that we were recording, they lost to Minnesota 105-101. Um, you know, Jimmy had missed his third straight game, no hero, no dunking, Gabe Vincent missed the game. So, Playing on, you know, the limited, the limited squad that is available is, is not easy. And we still made it a game, right? We had a good first half, but the third quarter came out and we were just flat and they took advantage and it was a wrap, you know, because we weren't going to win that fourth quarter. But even still, to only lose by four points to an opponent who's pretty good in the Western Conference, Minnesota, and they offer, they offer us like a real tough matchups, especially on the wings with Anthony Edwards and shit. It was, an okay loss. But then you want to see them bounce back. We always talk about that. Don't let the losses turn into a losing streak. Bounce back, get a win, and, and turn that into something. They did that. And luckily, it was against a, a Charlotte team who isn't that great, right? But they do possess uh, some type of challenge to the Heat because now they have a metal ball back, and the team is a little bit more complete, even though they, they lost Gordon Hayward for the season. I heard they're shopping bridges. I, that's the rumor right now. It's all over, like, NBA Insider on, on ESPN, you know. Do they make it happen? I don't know. Maybe, you know, because they might get desperate. But having that game, you know, two games at home, back-to-back versus Charlotte, even though they weren't, like, necessarily back-to-back. One was um, Wednesday night. The other game was Friday night. But you have two chances to say, let's go beat these, this team that's not playing great, doesn't have their full squad, and they don't really have belief in themselves that they can make it somewhere, right? They're kind of just focused on one guy playing well and hoping that that guy's going to be enough to win them games. That first game that we won, 113-105 to 105 on, one, to, on Wednesday night, that, that game was important because we saw the return of Hero, right? Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we've seen Caleb Martin really step his game up, right? I feel like that's the guy that we were talking about in the beginning of the year where he was like, man, if he can give us good minutes and really provide some type of offense, score games, have 17 points here and there while playing that level of defense that he can play, we may not miss P.J. Tucker as much. We may not need uh, Jay Crowder as much because we'll have a guy who can do those things, right? And maybe he's a little bit more offensive, get, offensively gifted than those guys. And to see Caleb playing well, bro, like that night, you know, he balled out 24 points, nine rebounds, was four of seven from three. Like his game doesn't look flashy. It doesn't look smooth, but he plays hard. And that's why I mentioned in the beginning of the of the segment, like, this is the dog that we were seeing in the heat before. They weren't going out there and blowing teams out of the water. No, they were going out there and winning close games. And that's the shit that we've been harboring about. Winning third, fourth quarters. Closing you know? out games. Yep. Closing out games. You know what I mean? And if you look, if you watch a lot of heat basketball like I do, man, you notice that every time you turn on the TV or you flip the channel in the third quarter, it's like, shit, these guys are battling. Oh, a team just made a 12-2 run on us. And it's like, fuck, dog. Case in point, in, in Minnesota, there was, a, there was like a... I want to say 15 to two run that Minnesota hit in the middle of the third quarter, obviously put the game out of reach. And it was like, well, now that he got a battle all the way back to make it a close game and they did, but not enough to close out. 
contrary to what they were able to achieve against Charlotte. They were able to close out that game on the strength of Hero returning 17 points. He was also 5 of 10 from three-pointer. And, um, you know, we got an offensive, a lot of offensive power that night. Even uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry went off that game. He went off that game, dog. Finally. Finally, bro. 5 of 6 from 3. I think it was 5 of 5 from the first half. Uh, ended up with 28 points. Balled out. But... 28, bro. Like, we don't, we're not even asking you to do that every night, bro. Thank you. Like, 28, like, that's the thing. Like, if if you ask me, like, yo, would you prefer Kyle Lowry to put up 28 some nights and then eight other nights or just a flat out 16 to 18? I'm like, give me the 16 to 18 give me the every single every night. night. But it's nice to see that he can still put up almost 30. Yeah, for sure. Especially for when the team needs it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this team needs scoring. And if you're going to play 36 minutes a game, 37 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game, you have to provide scoring. Like, that's like, that's the issue with Caleb Martin, right? Like, he has to con- continue to score like he's been scoring as of late because he's going to play those minutes because he's that good defensively. He helps us out huge on defense, right? Where we, where we can rely on Bam, you know, being the amazing defender to, that that he's going to be. We're going to get to that blow up, dog. <laughs> and then, you know, a, 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 just pretty much shut one position down on the floor. An extra position being shut down. Makes it harder for a team to score on us, man. Um, let's talk about that big Bam game, bro. That was the second game that we had against Charlotte on Friday night. He is him. He is him when he wants to be. 38 points, be, 12 rebounds, 15 of 22 from the field, uh, including a perfect 8 of 8 on the free throw stripe. Like... This dude played out of his mind, dog. And it was the aggressive bam, too. It wasn't the, I'm going to juke, I'm going to pump play, fake. The play big and get to the rim, bam. Every single time, dude. I mean, like, I, I'm sure you saw the reels that I posted on Instagram. Like, everything was bam attacking the basket. Yeah. Everything was bam attacking the basket. Which is how it should be. That's and, the mentality he needs to have, bro. And I get it. How know, much for, energy does it take? Right. You know, we can't play that game every single night. It's a lot to ask of him. But, you know, right now, Baba, when we're, we're sitting, you know, so far back from 500, step it up. Take over. Take over. Take over. That's what we've always wanted from Bam. We know he can do it. For we sure. We know he can put up this stat line, right? And he wants to be, you know, he wants to have his name up, you know, in the, the conversation of the, the, the best in the game right now. That's how you do it, bro. Yeah. And not yeah. just doing it one game. Now, nah, you need to be the guy who averages 23 to 25 points. That's right now on this team that is struggling for offense and is looking for somebody to take over. Be that guy. Take that mantle from Jimmy. He's not going to mind if you take it over. Trust me. Jimmy's not that guy. He's going to be like, shit. Oh, you're the number one now? Bet. I'm going to be the best number two out here, and I'm going to go ham. And that would be an even bigger problem for teams facing I don't us. think Jimmy will be number two, but... But you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if Bam can take that, hey, I'm top dog, give me the ball, I'm going to take these fucking 22 shots a game here, get out of my way, then that just makes the team even more dangerous because all the weapons behind that fall in line and support what Bam can do. Um, and, and look, we talked about Caleb. That's another game that he had 20 points, back-to-back games where he had uh, really good performances for the Heat. Um, you know, 20 points for that, went 7 of 11 from the field while playing good defense, and the Heat ended up winning the game 110 to 107. And with the with these two, man, I don't have a stat for it right now as far as second-chance points and, and offensive rebounding. But they go hard. That's so that that's where last year, right? Our 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 uh, unlikely heroes, right, were, were, yeah. would come up, man. Those hustle plays, yeah. Those plays, those those scrappy ones, where it's like, yo, you you know, we didn't get the shot, like we ran the play perfectly, and we didn't get the shot off like how we wanted to. But you got in there, and you you boxed out, and you got the rebound, or you tipped it out to somebody, give us another chance, and we're seeing more of that now than we were seeing, you know, two weeks ago. Or even the hustle of saying, damn, I took the shot, it's off, I know it's off, I'm going after that rebound. Bow. Follow your shot. I'm following the shot, dog. That's like basic high school yeah, basketball yeah. 101, For dog. Sure. If you don't feel like you're going to drain it and you think it's a little off, go after it. You know what I mean? Because who knows? Maybe you get a hand on it. Maybe it goes out of bounds on the guy. Whatever. You need to have that type. This game is all about hustle. It's all about hustle. The plays that these guys run, every team in the NBA knows what every team in the NBA is going to run, especially in the important minutes. The difference is who executes better and who hustles more to out-execute the other team. That's what basketball is about, man. You know what I mean? So, like, 
it, that's why I feel like Bam should be able to take over. You know what I mean? Because he has the youth right now. He has the experience to go along with his youthfulness, and he can really exploit a lot of those matchups for the Heat, man. You and know, was, and, and take was, over. It was nice to see him do it back to back games. Yeah, man, because he even killed it against Atlanta, dog. You know, um, off again. It was like, okay, Bam went off, and it's like see him go off one more time. It's like, okay, now maybe he's starting to figure something out. For sure. And look, more importantly, that snapped the seven game road streak for the Heat. We hadn't won a road game in seven road attempts, you know, and it took Bam to say, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to take these 20 shots. He was 13 or 20 from the field and we're going to win, especially in the third quarter where I, where I said, where we struggle the most, this dude really asserted himself Had 14 points in the third quarter, all because he was just going after every play, whether he was going to the rim, getting, getting fouled and hitting free throws, but he was just going to say, give me the ball on offense. I'm going to run it. Give me the ball on offense. I'm going to run it. And that's the bam. That's the fucking bam that can be one of the best, if not one of the greats for fucking Miami Heat history. Absolutely. But he needs to carry that within him and needs to carry these type of performances over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. Like I, I like I don't need the 30 points, but I need the aggressiveness. I need you taking 20 shots per game because it seems like that's the magic number. Whenever he can touch the ball enough where he can shoot the ball or get close to the rim and have 20 looks at it. Then he does good things, and 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 more importantly, he always follows that up with good performances on the free throw line. Bam is not that type of typical big guy who gets to the free throw line and he's missing a bunch of shots, and he's like one of two, like two of eight or some shit. Nah, this dude is gonna get to the free throw line and make his free throws. Case in point: six of six against the um, the Hawks, and he was eight of eight uh, against the Hor- the Hornets in that second game. So, like again. Being realizing that my aggression is going to lead to easy points, whether it's dunks and layups or me getting fouled and getting the big other big guy in trouble and going to the free throw line where I know I can shoot 80 percent, 90 percent if I'm really focused. And and that just makes Bam so dangerous, dog, like for real, like it makes him one of the better players in the NBA. Dog. But he needs to have that drive every game. I just wonder if he has the tank for it. What's his conditioning like? Is he going to be able to be the number one on a squad for the entire year? Let's see. This is the this could be the breakout for him. Let's see. This is the test right here. Yo, uh, we got a shout-out Hero, too. Yeah, In man. that game, he had his first career triple-double. Yeah, 11 man. 11 points, 10 assists, and 11 rebounds. That dude, man, you know. Hustle. Hustle. That's, that's hustle. That's a hustle triple-double. And more importantly. Right? Yeah, for sure. More importantly, that's him realizing, damn, Bam is taking over. Let me do my thing to support that guy going off. Oh, there's a loose bomb going after. Oh, shit, we can get this pass off. I'm going to pass it. Damn, I can get a wide open three here. I'm going to take it. Those are the things that help Bam continue to do his thing. But you can't be timid about it, right? You can't be like like a days ago about it. You need to have that hustle. Even Caleb Martin, man, another 20-point game. Three games in a row where the dude dropped 20 points. 20 points, nine rebounds on eight of 12 shooting. In those last four games, he's averaging 17.8 points, shooting 39% from three-point line from the last five games. Aggressive Caleb. Effective Caleb. Jimmy said it earlier. When Caleb plays well and he can hit shots and be effective on offense... We're going to win games. I, I feel the same way about Bam. When Bam is the one and the main guy driving the offense, we're going to win games. Everybody else can fall in line after and just do what you got to do. Tyler, do your job. Jimmy, do your job. Kyle, do your job. Caleb, keep hustling. And we'll find ourselves winning games, man. And like, you know, it's, it was a great start to the road trip to get that monkey off your back, right? Snap that seven-game skid and say, all right, look, guys, we proved it to ourselves that we can do it. Let's go out there and continue to put up this performances now the only bad part about it is that you're going to be facing tough teams right you got boston back to back you got a you got we're playing boston on wednesday and then we're playing again on friday so we're gonna have to hold off on pizza manana until thursday but you know those two games are are gonna be a real test man for the heat because not only is boston playing really well excuse me and obviously they're the number one team in the east 16 and 4 but like that's a team that we know we're going to end up having to face at some point in the playoffs. So you need to have that mental fortitude to say, we, this is a playoff game. Like, I got to treat this like a playoff game. Got to walk in there with my playoff music and playoff drope. 
Because I got to treat this like a playoffs game because I'm going to be back in this building in a couple of months. That's a really good game for Bam to go off. Yeah. It's nice to do it against the Hawks, and it's nice, I guess, to do it you know, against Charlotte. You do it against the Boston Celtics. You put up 30 points, mm-hmm. 10 rebounds against the Celtics. In Boston? Now we're in on, Boston, now, now we're on to something. Now so that's we, the expectation now for, for that game, for Bam. That's a great fucking point, man, because if, if you're 100% right on that, like if Bam can show up to Boston – and keep this same momentum, this same mentality, this same type of aggression towards the offensive side of the basketball. Uh, not only does it, I feel like I, it, it will put him back in that conversation because, like you said, he'll be doing it against one of the best in the in the game right now, in Jason Tatum, who's a guy that they're constantly comparing each other to. So you want to go out there and have a good performances in a city like that, man, and, and give those guys two losses back to back. With you being the main guy beating them, that should be really impressive. Because then you got a Monday game while we come back to record against Memphis on the road. That's a, uh, I think a nine o'clock start for for us here on the East Side. But Memphis is another team that's balling this year, playing really well. Uh, third that's in the, another in good the West team with a lot of good chemistry and a lot of tall dudes. Like I mentioned, Anthony Edwards. Those guys gave them, gave us a lot of problems when they were visiting down here. They're yeah, twelve they got, and eight. They got Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is a bigs. freaking wild. Freaking man, dog. I don't know how they allow that guy to play basketball, dog, for real. <laughs> that guy's a beast, bro. That guy's just... And he's the nicest guy, let me he tell is. you, dog. He is I the love, nicest I guy. I love the clip, though, of him taking one of the Grizzlies' towels from their hand and giving it to John Morant. Like, yeah. nah, like he needs this more. Yeah. Like, I, like that, tell, that, that one little clip tells you so much about... He's probably like, the greatest teammate. It tells you about him. It tells you about Ja. It tells you about the team. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that sure. one little ass clip. Well, let me tell you my favorite Steven Adam clips. Um... You know, he's signing autographs and like walking, you know, pre-warm-up. This is in the in the warm-up. And some kid says, hey, can you sign my hat? And he goes, no. What's the magic word? The kid says, can you please sign my hat? And he's like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Bam. And then he like everybody else was like, can you please? Can you please? Dog, those are the little things that athletes do. You know what I mean? That make it be like, yeah, bro, I wish. That's what would be the coolest part about being an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Being oh, yeah. able to give back. But. To wrap up, man, with the Heat, I feel like we we're gonna need more of these performances from Jim, from Bam this year, dog. Yeah, I get it. Jimmy's the man. He's he's obviously our number one and shit. But I need Bam to really take this team under his wing, under his wing, and say, you know what? No, whether we win or lose, we're dying with my performance. We're gonna die on my performance. We're gonna ball out. I'm gonna do my absolute best to put up thirty and ten every single game. And whatever happens, happens. But I need that 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 type of aggression from no doubt. Let's see, man. It's a great start to the road trip, bro. We got to continue with that momentum, man. Continue with that momentum. A team that could use more momentum, though, is is the Florida Panthers. Let me tell you, dog. I mean, it takes a little bit of time. I don't you know, know what I mean? man. We're doing know. all right. They're doing better than the Heat record-wise. I, yeah, but it's not a lot. You know, eight losses is, is a lot for this Panthers team. You know, 20, 21 games into the season, and you're only 10-8 and 3. It's kind of not the levels that we were expecting for this year, if, mm. if we're being honest, right? You no, know, compared to what we were able to do last year. So, but. so that's what has me a little bit concerned, right? Because, like, you know— we had talked about it on the on the previous episode where they had a, a tough matchup against the Boston Bruins. And they won? And, they, you know, number one team in the NHL, a lot of offensive power, great goalies. And it was like, well, let's see what type of medal these guys have. Can they can they live up to that challenge, you know? And, and they did, bro. They, they did. They, That's why I say that, even with that record. So, because to see something, to see a victory like that, it's like that that tells you, all right, we're just still ironing out the kinks, right? Like the Heat. Yeah. The Heat two weeks ago looked really, really rough. And over this last week, you know, it's like, oh, we're starting to see, you know, remember like what our Heat used to kind of look like and what they what that what their potential is. This Panthers team, we, we lost a couple pieces. We've always talked about that every, every time we talk about them. And we, we added some new pieces. So it, to be 10-8-3, I know it's not the best, but they're still ironing out the kinks. And then to get a win like that over Boston – that definitely is reassuring. It's as a Panthers fan. for sure. It's a hundred percent reassuring because it's like, all right, guys, we it's kind of what you said. We know that the pieces here are the correct pieces, right? We just got to find a way to make it gel more often. And yeah, this was a great game to to go out there and and, and face that that challenge and really go out there and win in a dominating fashion. You, you win five to two. You get goals from Anthony L- Anton Lundell, uh Alex Barkov, Matthew Kachuk. <clears throat> All these guys scored 
in the second period, you know, to give us a, a 3-0 lead there. And it's like, all right, cool. This is what, what Panthers hockey is about. We score and we don't let you score, right? We keep you at a very minimum uh, attempts on goal and, and shots on goal, which they did that night against the Boston Bruins. And more importantly, we scored three goals on seven power play opportunities. Where was that in the playoffs? Yeah, that's that's, that's my Talk thing. To me, dog. For sure. But like, that's look, beautiful to see. I love that. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with why we acquired Matthew Kachuk because he's a power play specialist. Whether he's the one finishing it or he's the one starting it or creating the extra pass, he's the one who who really excels when we have those advantages. And that's the type of things that you're going to need to do to beat a team like the Boston Bruins, right, who have a complete team. You got to take advantage of every single advantage that is presented to you. Absolutely. Three out of seven power plays, man. That's, that's that I haven't huge. seen that from the Panthers in, huge. like, weeks, you know? And that's, that's exactly what gave us the lead and exactly what allowed us to to put Boston away and really get a, an impressive victory, man. It really was. And Spencer Knight played great, made 37 saves, um, you know, which was cool because he was going back to Boston. He played at Boston College for two years before he joined the Panthers. And um, I'm sure he wanted to put on a good performance in front of his people and his own crowd. And he did so, man. 37 saves is, is nothing to sneeze at, especially in the NHL. Um, and even a milestone happened that game. So I felt like there was a lot of positive around that. Yeah, Ekblad had his 100th NHL goal. Yeah, man. Like, And that's Big. the dude that you're like, yo, 100 goals? This guy, like, he barely even shoots, you know? <laughs> he barely shoots. But he's a guy who does his thing from the back of the ice moving forward, especially being a defenseman, you know, scoring 100 goals that's not easy you know nah. and he makes it look easy with all the the big goals that he's had for the Panthers um you know I, I, that's game is what I was hoping for what I was hoping would happen to the heat what I was hoping to happen to the to the Dolphins where you take a loss and you you get a big victory and you use that to spark yourself onto a big run we get this great victory. You beat the Boston Bruins, best team in the NHL, and then you lose a freaking highly contested game against St. Louis in overtime. Five that four. one was rough. Ah, that one's a little more than rough. rough. More than rough. Because if if we lose and it's one one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal, it's like all right, damn, these teams are going back and forth. But we were up three one three. I think, I think we were up four one at one point in the, in the third in the third period, and it was like damn, we let these dudes come. All the way back, like come on, dog. Like those, those are the things that are frustrating me right now with the Panthers, dog. Sure, because it's Rightfully like, so. yo, that game last year we win five three, and and and, and while we ha- they could have made an, an attempt to come back, right? And it's four one, and then they make it four two, or make it four three. It's like, all right, hey, let's put the pedal on the metal. Let's get one more goal. Let's close this game out and play good defense. When the team just fell apart in the third period, you know, allowing the St. Louis to, you know, believe that they could win the game and, and you know, getting those three goals to force overtime. And in overtime, by the time that we got to overtime, I f- for sure the team had already lost its focus. Because you give up three goals in the third period, I'm sorry, dog. There's there's no way that you're going to bring that concentration level back to what it was when you nah, were up to 4-1. You're on tilt already at that point. You know, you're just kind of like backpedaling. You're like, oh, shit, how do I prevent this from turning you know worse and you can't and you can't you try to do just makes the damage worse a hundred percent and that's what happened in in deep in the overtime and i think it was like three minutes into the overtime where we gave up the game winning goal and i was like bro when i saw it i was like all right well i, I was watching it in the third period I, I saw these guys come back and i was like well let me go put some stuff away i'll come back and and we're gonna win this game in ot Sure enough, as soon as I got back to OT, I could see fucking St. Louis making the goal. I'm like, damn it, man. Damn it. How the hell do we lose this game? And that's the frustrating part, man. Sure. Because we, if we look at the Panthers' uh, record for the season, I guarantee you we find at least three victories like that. They could have had us, what, 13-5 and maybe one or two in a much better position. Still not in the best in the NHL, but still right in that, you know, level that we expected the Panthers to be at, you know, um, even though that game, again, we got good goals. We got a goal from Aaron Eckblad, uh, Racker Grudis, another defenseman getting up the, up the ice and, and scoring. Um, he's had some important goals this year and, uh, our main man, Carter Vihagi and, uh, Adam Lundell, you know, Anton Lundell, excuse me. He, he had another goal. Spencer Knight, another performance where he saves over 32 shots. Like, 
by all of counts, the Panthers should have won this game. There's no way we let this team come back because St. Louis had been struggling heading into this game, and we just couldn't find a way to close it out, and that shit was rough, man. You know, it was the fifth loss in the Panthers' last seven games. That's not a team that's finding consistency. Still above 500, but I feel like they're just losing pace with the, with the rest of the NHL and the, t- and the top teams in the NHL, more importantly. So what does the, the, the road look like ahead the next week or so for the Panthers? Rough. Rough and tough, brother, because, you know, they're going to have, you know, four games in the span of, what is it, five nights, starting off with Edmonton tonight where, you know, and Edmonton's not necessarily a great team. Yeah, by the time you hear this, you already you'll know, know what, what, the, what the outcome was. For sure, but they're seventh in the Western Conference. Then after that, they're flying up to Calgary to play back-to-back. Uh, Calgary's not a good team in the Western Conference right now. They're struggling. They're 10th right now, and that's a team that we can get technically get two wins back to back before we start playing, you know, an even worse opponent in the Vancouver Canucks. You know, they're 11th in the Western Conference and then we got a tough game against Seattle. Seattle, which is crazy. Last year, they were at the bottom. The Kraken. The Kraken. This year, they've made a great additions, you know, really st- stepped up their defense and they're second in the Western Conference. So These expansion teams, bro, let me tell you. They get to pick the best out of everybody else's teams. It's crazy. It's like, bro. oh, First you can't. You the Knights. Yeah, and they picked a bunch of people that had three. They took the, I think they took two Panthers. Yep. You know? And then now the Kraken. But let's see, it's so early on in the season. But yeah, they're, they're playing great second in the western conference you but you're gonna face three games right three teams that you can technically beat right beatable teams and get yourself in some type of momentum before you face a potential murder in seattle because seattle is like boston you're gonna have to go into that game focused you're gonna have to take advantage of every single opportunity every single power play while not giving up stupid penalties that's one thing that's killed the panthers in my opinion the dumb penalties that we've gotten is always at the worst time where it's 2-2 and it's like four minutes left in the third period, and we're going to give up a two-minute penalty. He's like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to lose like that if we're not playing well. So let's let's see. Let's hope that this this road game, um, this road schedule for the Panthers turns into something promising. If they can get two out of those first three wins, successful. And then let the Seattle game be a toss-up, dog. <laughs> yeah, dog. The, yeah, the, I'm the, with you there. Good hockey team is a good hockey team, dog. We were that team last year, and we were smoking anybody that you put in front of us. So it wouldn't be surprising to get smoked by a team like Seattle. Yeah, and speaking of smoke, yeah, we're going to see a whole lot of smoke this Saturday night, Papa. Yes, sir. Saturday night, man, is going to be amazing, bro. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 34. Um, This is the second time that I'm going to be, well, that we're going to be attending, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going to be attending Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And this time, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a lot more behind the scenes. So make sure. Hopefully. We don't know what to expect. You know what I'm going to say here. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. It's going to be all over YouTube. Obviously, like we covered at the the, you know, the beginning of the episode, we have the interviews out already yes. uh, with, with Tom Schof, uh, with Lundell, with uh, Mundell. Frank Ricky, Mundell, sorry, uh, with Ricky. And uh, we got the Palomino one dropping on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Um, all great previews. These guys are headlining the card. You know, that that's going to be great. We're going to get to see these guys in action. And we've already seen Palomino and Ricky. Yep. The last time that we, they, we saw them fight, they won their fights. Yes. Um, so this is going to be interesting. For sure. And you know what? Like when when I was interviewing them, that's something that we spoke about. We were like, man, you know, when I saw you guys fighting in person, it was very different because what I, with, for instance, with Palomino, he's very patient in the ring. A lot of guys are very excited. They want to throw punches. They want to get their opponent out quickly. He's much more patient and says, I'm going to find this little hole, that little gap that you're going to mess up on and I'm going to exploit it every single round. And he won that decision like very handedly when, when we saw him fight down here. But um, for me, like, Frank really poses a threat in that middleweight division because usually it's guys that are not as tall and Frank's like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, dog. Like, we stood next to him. A big dude. You know, and fighting at, at his weight class is always interesting to be like, yo, how the hell do these guys cut weight, man? Like, I don't know how the hell they do it. But I think, you know, this this headline really has a lot of fireworks. It really does because all four of these guys are looking to end the fight, not let it go to a decision. And that doesn't mean that they're afraid to go five rounds and go into that deep waters. It just means that they, they know that a majority of... <clears throat> you know, the viewership, the fanship, and a lot of what people are coming out to see is the people get knocked out. Man. Hell yeah. You know, and people get hurt. And then that's a sport, dog, that 
for whatever you want to call it. People want to, you know, talk down on it, whatever. But like, I feel like it's one of the cleanest sports, right? Because with boxing, you don't see the other damage that's being done. With bare knuckle, you see exactly the amount of damage that the guy's taking. And most of those fights, when the damage is as much as it is in boxing, that that BKFC fight stops because the other person can't take it anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Well, as in boxing, you we've seen guys make it to 12 rounds when it's like, yo, this fight should have been stopped six rounds ago. Sure. You know? And uh, the, the the card is going to be jam-packed. We have our homie, Bad Blake Davis. He's fighting that night as well. He's taking on um, Dunkel in that in that also middleweight division. Um, Another great interview on our YouTube channel. Go check that out if you want to go check out Bad Blake uh, this Saturday. Yeah, man. Check out the interviews. Also deal with him. I am, man. And you know what? Two of the guys that we that we were impressed by that night are going to be fighting as well. Um, Harold. Yeah, Brian uh, El Gallo. El Gallo. Uh, he's I'm, fighting I'm that night. For Duarte, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see that yeah, kid. Duran, Duran. He's no, a badass, Duran, man. Duran. He's, he's a badass. And we also have um, Davis fighting. He was the one who was fighting um, HD uh, Howard Davis. He was the one who was fighting Jimmy Rivera that night. Remember? And Howard Davis was the taller oh. one. Jimmy. Was, and we saw that fight and was like, damn, I wish these guys had an opportunity to go one more round because it was so even. So Howard Davis is going to be fighting that night. He's two and zero and one in, in BKFC. Um, yeah, man. A lot lot of a lot of exciting fights this night man you don't want to miss it make sure to check out the hard rock for your tickets if you know no, hit us up if you guys want to go to the show hit us up we're we, there we're going we know people that are selling tickets we'll be more than happy to put you in contact with them you, you guys got to check this out it's at the hard rock it's a great time uh so get on it. if you want you got no plans this saturday night especially if you know. haven't we'll checked out contact for sure especially if you haven't checked out the hard rock in a minute you know what i'm saying the upgrades that they've made to that facility is just beyond amazing so it's definitely a vibe to go out there pre-hand you know have a couple of drinks maybe grab something to eat and then go watch some exciting fighting and then maybe go party afterwards because like like you and i have probably been to a million times right the hard rock is a good spot to go out and and have a good time and bkfc is going to be 34 is going to be a hell of a time bro that night full of explosion fights man i can't wait i can't wait man to see that shit happen again man love it before we wrap up we do got to mention the world's game bro uh world cup happening on uh going on right now and and usa is finding themselves in a little bit of a battle they have a big game coming up against iran tomorrow by the time you guys are are listening to this you're going to be able to know that they're playing iran tomorrow at 2 p.m on fox sports and USA needs to win in order to survive, bro. We should have beat Wales. Should have beat Wales. Late, that last minute goal to to Gareth Bale was absolute. Well, you know, terrible. especially that one, dog, because it was a dumb penalty, stupid, stupid, stupid. penalty. The guy was in no threat. And then it like, changes things. And if we win that game, all we need to do is draw. That, yep, that, right. That's it. That's it. We would have been in first or tied for first place, and that draw would have given us enough points to get through to the next round. But instead, we got to beat Iran tomorrow. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, bro. Got to win. Doable. Very doable. But my problem with the U.S. team, you know, compared to other teams, is like we don't have a, a, a real finisher. We don't have somebody who can consistently put the ball in the back of the net, score the goal. You know, whether it's a little tap in, a chip in, a shot from far, whatever. We don't have that talisman who can produce a goal out of anything. Yeah, because Pulisic is our setup guy, right? He's our setup guy. And he's he's been playing great. He's been doing his job. But Correct. to your point, we don't necessarily have that that two. We have the one. We don't have that two. Correct. His thing is more on the wings, right? On the right, outside right. of the of the pitch, right? But we need that guy in the center uh, or around the goal often and available to score those opportunities that we're sending in. Because it, it does nothing to send in 10 crosses a game if there's nobody there to head the ball in, right? Or or you don't even have somebody who can jump out, jump somebody and, and get that, get a chance to score the goal. But um, I, I feel like... USA is going to come out for this game in full force. They're going to throw everything that they have at Iran. They're not going to take any chances because you, you need a goal. You, you need a goal. You need to win, and you need goals in order to win. So you let's see, well. man. We got to throw everything out there, man, because it's win or go home. I think it's going to be 2-1 USA. Would, <laughs> Before, wait, just in case. I would love a 3-0. Oh, that would be heading amazing. Into the, heading into the next round, you go 3-0. I'll even take 3-1. Yo, but you I know. Give me 3-1. Dog, I know this USA team, dog. It's it's gonna be a tight game. It's going yeah. to be a tight game because Iran has nothing to lose too. You know, if they play well, they can fuck around and, and get through, right? Depending on what happens with. There's been already a few if upsets. they beat us and England beats Wales, Iran has a chance theoretically to get through to the second round. So they have stuff to play for. They're not.
not just going to, you know, lay down and and wait for the USA to beat them. And, you know, you got all that politics shit. They hate us. They hate Americans. And it's like, (laughs) it's not a good, good draw for the USA team. And I I really hope that they can pull off the victory, right? Not the upset. Where's George W. Bush when you need him? Yeah, right? Um, No, Dick Cheney. Sorry. Yeah, man. Dick Cheney would take care of this game. No way, man. Um, But yeah, we need need them to win. We need them to win. As a nation, as a nation, especially being the team or the nation, one of the nations that's going to host the next World Cup in four years in um, 2026, we definitely need to show the rest of the world that, like, hey, yes, we, this, can, we can hang. And we can hang, and we deserve to be here. You know what I mean? So let's see. Let's let's hope. Let's hope that USA can pull off this victory tomorrow. Come on, Pulisic. USA, 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 US. Where's the eagle? Flying the eagle <laughs> completely right now. We're gonna CGI it. Let's CGI the eagle, man. Nah, uh, you know what man. we're gonna do? We're well, gonna hit that theme music, dog, and we're gonna pe- tell people to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell one more friend, to tell your friends to subscribe, to tell one more friend to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're on a mission to get to 500 subscribers, and you guys are our best help. Because when you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, they do the same thing you've already done, which is click that subscribe button, hit that like button, and drop a comment on our latest videos. Go check them out. We got those BKFC videos out. We got OnlyFans out and a bunch more content coming out your way. So until next time, y'all. Peace.